The psychedelic revolution is here. If you want to integrate your visionary experiences into your purpose, get clear on your entrepreneurial path and help people while you do what you love, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to The Psychedelic Entrepreneur, medicine for these times. I'm your host, Beth Weinstein. I'm a spiritual business coach, three-time entrepreneur, and a lifelong student of psychedelics and sacred plant medicines. You carry your own unique medicine, and your medicine is what we need for these times. This podcast will help you to share your medicine so you can create transformation in the world. Listen in on conversations with psychedelic leaders, change makers, and conscious entrepreneurs who are living proof that a better world is possible when you follow your heart and live in alignment with your soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I have one of my former, well, current and former group mastermind clients with me, who's also a friend and a colleague, Erin Dumer. Hi, Erin. Thank you so much for being with us. Hi, Beth. Thank you so much for having me. So honored to be here. So good to have you. I can't wait to get into it. We were just kind of chatting beforehand, and we have a lot to go over. But I'll tell you about Erin, and please excuse my voice because I've lost it and it's just coming back. Erin is a psychedelic integration specialist and somatic experiencing practitioner, helping you heal and recover from spiritual and religious trauma. Are shame and guilt ruling your life? Want to stop questioning what is real or not real? Aaron helps you let go of resentment and deconstruct your belief system so that you can truly feel spiritually, mentally, and emotionally free to live and express your life with more meaning, happiness, and joy. You can check out her information right here in the show notes, her website, her social media. Um, Aaron, I want to get into this. I am just so excited to share your story because I've watched you grow over the last year and really come out of your shell into this area of work that I feel personally so connected to. But I would love to hear your story. You know, um, what is your upbringing? You know, how did you get here? How did you get into the medicine work? And and how did you become a psychedelic integration specialist? Mm. This is a long question and beautiful and deep, and I can't wait to dive right into this. Um, well, as you know, religious being a child of religious trauma, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, and I just remember being a little girl, a little toddler inside the Kingdom Hall. You know, the adults and the children would sit together for like two hours, three days a week, and I hated it. You know, like as a little kid, I was just like run out of the hall as fast as I could. My mom would come and like grab me and then I would scream and kick and she put her hand around me and like tie me down. And I just remember like my body would just shut down, right? Like my nervous system would just completely um, go into freeze mode, right? I wasn't able to like get away. Um, But I just wanted to be this obedient child. I wanted to like please my parents, please the people around me. So, you know, there's just like other various Verses that really affected the way that I approached life and approached the relationships within myself and um, the the men that were in my life too, right? So, like, there's like certain verses, like First Corinthians one thirteen, that says um, that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So, 
I, growing up from birth, having these indoctrinations, I really wanted to be a submissive wife. Like I really wanted to be a submissive person and just wanted to show up in the best possible way. Um, and really, you know, the religion tells us what is bad, what is good, what we can believe, what we don't believe. And I was like terrified of the world. I was mortified. I was afraid of my teachers. I was afraid of my students in school. I definitely would never go to therapy because they were also bad as well. Um, my only like goal in life was to become this like submissive wife to this husband and have many children. So, you know, at the age of 20, I did what any other good Jehovah's Witness would do is I got married um, at a really young age. And so I, I ended up in this like abusive relationship. Um, it was like mentally abusive, manipulative. Uh, I just tried so hard. I remember like following him around all the time, just trying to please him, trying to please this relationship and prove that I was like worthy of being his wife. And, um, yeah, so it just like kept getting progressively worse, like telling me what, what I could wear, what clothes I could wear, um, what friends I could have. And it would stalk me at work sometimes. Like I'd be working at the bank and I'd look up and he would just be there. So I needed to get out of the situation, um, which was really challenging because, you know, divorce is looked down upon in the religion and, by the Bible standard, the only way to get a divorce is if one of you cheated on each other, which we weren't. It was just abusive. So I remember the elders came to my house when I was wanting to get um, divorced and they were like, you know, I told them the whole story. I was being abused and yada, yada. And they asked if I was performing my wifely duties. And like these elders who watched me grow from like childhood were at my wedding, like saw me like, like being raised, like supposed to be the protectors of the flock were encouraging me to stay in this abusive relationship. So like, I really needed to find a way out and I escaped essentially. Um, my husband had left for work, like for like a few weeks. And I was like planning my escape this whole time. And I remember I took my I went to the elders. I told them that I'm moving. I grabbed my card, like my congregation card, and I took it to a different, completely different congregation I've never been to before. I changed my phone number. I moved. I had $5 to my name and I just like never went back. I had to file bankruptcy. It was just this big ordeal. Um, and I just moved into my sister's garage. Like I really had like, didn't know what else to do. And like at this time, my brother was living out in like Havasu area and he was um, growing weed in a house. Like, you know, back then before weed was legal, like we were just like, he was doing this. Um, and he's like, you know, maybe we just come out here to Havasu and let's do some mushrooms. And I was like, mushrooms? Like, I, I've never tried that before, but I'm totally open to doing it. And, you know, I was like 23 at the time and he just handed me like a handful of mushrooms and was like, here, and it was beautiful. I don't know how much I took, but I really connected to myself for the first time. And I was like in Lake Havasu on like a really hot day, just like baptizing myself in the water and um, really just came home to my body for the first time, like felt confident. And it was just like, oh, this is just so beautiful. 
Um, so yeah, that was, that was really where it started. And I'd say for the next 10 years, I was doing mushrooms like on my own off and on, like going out into the desert with no support because back then there was no psychedelic community. There was nobody telling me that I needed to measure anything. Um, luckily I had really good experiences. Um, but yeah, I just was kept noticing though, that I, I kept like falling into these abusive relationships one after another, even though I'm doing these like mushrooms and I'm supposedly like trying to grow, um, the, each relationship kept getting smaller, like shorter and shorter. Cause I would catch on faster and faster, but then, you know, it wasn't until my second husband, actually, we were just like married for three months. He actually, he hit me and I was like, oh my God, this is happening to me again. Okay. Look, I will never allow this ever to happen to me ever again. Like, I'm not sure what's going on. All of these men look good on paper. They have good families, good relationships, good jobs, but I was just like crawling in my skin and I just could not figure this out. Um, and I decided to seek support for the first time and help. I was really nervous to tell my somatic experiencing practitioner that I was doing mushrooms and ayahuasca and all these things like, so, um, and to my surprise, they were like open to it and like very curious. Um, and it wasn't until I started doing psychedelics, I mean, sorry, somatic work till I like really found myself. It was almost like all the homework that the psychedelics gave me, I was able to like um, integrate in real time in ordinary state of consciousness. Like I didn't realize how much trauma was built, was like stuck inside of my body and my nervous system. Um, but I was still just like so confused about God. I was still so unsure of what to believe. I part of me still wanted to please this God and be this servant and submissive person. And I just really didn't know what to do. And so I did what any other good Jehovah's Witness or Christian girl do. And I prayed and I was like, dear God, please show me who you are. Reveal to me because I'm ready to see, show me Christ. Please. If Jesus is real, just like put Jesus on my heart. And then, um, cause I just like, could not understand if God is love, then why is there so much hate, division, separating of families, guilt and shame was like the biggest. So as you know, the universe works in magical ways. I was listening to a podcast about the pronouns of they and them. And it really got me thinking a lot about myself of like, you know, when I was younger, I remember I wanted to be a boy. Like I was a tomboy, like played basketball and I did all these things and I wanted to be like my dad. And I wanted to like watch basketball and baseball and do all these fun things. And what I noticed or what I had realized after listening to this podcast was that it wasn't that I didn't want to be a girl is that I didn't like the way the f women were treated within the congregation, within the religion, within society. And I just like brought that to my practice, like my ex uh, somatic experiencing practitioner the next day. And I was like, Hey, this has like been coming up. And I didn't realize that I had so much, um, just disgust towards femininity. And she was like, well, where do you feel this? Like, you know, somatic is all about like 
embodiment. Like where in the body do I feel this? And I immediately felt this like ball in the center of my stomach and so much like came through and it came up and it just like spewed out in anger, just like, fuck you, Jehovah, fuck you, God, fuck you, man. And for the next 30 minutes, like my heart burst wide open. It was so relieving to finally guilt-free to say what has been truly on my, in my body, this like, this, like, yeah, this feeling that I didn't know what it was, or I was too afraid to speak it because it was like shame and guilt because God's always watching me or he's always like, they're noticing. So that it's just like, so ironic, you know, the very God in Jesus that I was wanting to get closer to, I ended up cursing. It was like the ultimate breakup and it was just amazing. <laughs> um, and I felt love for the first time. Like I finally felt acceptance. I felt peace within myself, um, was able to release the chains that the religion has placed on me. So I no, no longer like felt that game or that, that shame or that guilt. Um, and really just like empowered to speak my truth. Like I used to not be able to like speak. I was like so afraid to use my voice because this in the religion was, you don't, don't speak too much. Um, so yeah. So like for the last 15 years of doing deep work with my nervous system and psychedelics, I've really learned to regulate my emotions. Um, I've come into self-trust and learning new ways to develop my frontal cortex my cognitive skills, um, learning how to fit in social circles. Like I said, growing up in school, I just really didn't know how to communicate with anyone. Everyone was bad. Right. So I didn't know how to like, how do I talk to them? I'm so timid. Like, is this a good thing, a bad thing? I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, I am just so grateful. I've learned from like all the years of doing ayahuasca and 5-MeO DMT and all of these like big experiences just to have compassion with myself and compassion and patience with myself and others and understanding, um, truly found freedom, internal freedom, spiritual freedom, emotional freedom, just freedom from the chains that the religion has put on me. And just that, yeah, that the road to religious recovery is not easy, but it's so, so worth it when we can go into the shadow, into the unconscious of ourselves and really like dig, dig in and dig in deep, we can find those golden nuggets that um, are there for us to learn and grow from. And so, yeah, now I'm, I'm now a yeah, psychedelic integration specialist and a somatic experiencing practitioner. I am like sitting here with tears in my eyes because I've known you, you know, whatever it's been now, a year, almost a year. And I'm like, whoa, I did not know when to this depth of intensity. Um, you know, you had mentioned like a couple things here and there and, you know, previous marriage and um, – but this is big. This is really, really big because, you know, as you know, especially now that you've shifted into this work – there's a lot of people that have gone through similar, you know, maybe not the exact story, but similar stories, um, you know, myself included, where for those listening or if anyone's heard, um, you know, I wrote this post a few months ago around Yom Kippur, and then I interviewed um, 
Zach Kamenez, this rabbi, and I talked about, you know, I was raised with this kind of very strange religious um, mixed messages where, you know, I had this Jewish father who didn't practice and um, I was raised Methodist going to Sunday school with a dad that kind of ignored it. Like he would just leave the house and like leave on Sundays. And, but then, you know, there was a lot of confusion and then I was actually, um, you know, I was kind of bullied as a kid by some neighbors over being Jewish, but I didn't actually know what they were doing because I never considered myself Jewish. So, you know, and my parents wouldn't talk to us about it either. You know, I was raised thinking that Judaism was just a religion. I didn't know my last name had to do with anything. I didn't know my dad's like, you know, blood had to do with um, a culture. And at a very young age, my dad started suggesting that we change our last names, um, me and my brother. And he never explained why. He just kept, he literally would give suggestions for last names like Winston. And I didn't really think anything of it until, and then, you know, I went to like Christian camps as a kid. And I went to one of these Christian, because I was raised in California where, um, you know, we had Jehovah's Witnesses at our school and they would knock on my door. And my first boyfriend was a Mormon whose father ended up disowning him because he wouldn't go on the, um, the pilgrimage or whatever it's called. And he, to this day, still doesn't talk to him, you know, like 30 years later. I mean, it's just one thing after another. My best friend was raised like super strict Catholic by, you know, alcoholic mother. I mean, it's like just being around all of it. And um, I remember the first time I was at a one of these Christian camps in like fourth or fifth grade. And they basically were like, well, you're going to go to hell if you don't believe in Jesus. And they painted a really negative picture of hell like detailed. Um, and it was really scary. And I spent that entire night crying because all I could think was like, my dad's going to hell. Um, but you know, the, these like the shame and the guilt and the fear, like the level of fear, even when I was older, you know, like this level of fear about like, I didn't know what I believed in. I didn't know who I was. You know, I, you know, there was scandals at my church, you know, there was just like one thing after another. And it wasn't until later in life when a lot of trauma came to surface, you know, through medicine work, therapy work, where I started to see like kind of just this like, like you mentioned, I don't even know who I was because it was like all these different things coming from different directions. And at one point I was just like, fuck this God thing. Like he's, it's been horrible. Why should I believe in you? You know, like kind of that anger, you know? Um, and kind of like, I became like an atheist for a while, like totally like science only, you know, even though I was actually on a really deep spiritual path, you know? So it's, and it's funny because it wasn't until I started really diving in with the plant medicines where I started being able to process a lot of it and make sense out of it and like bring in the compassion piece. But I'm, I'm telling you, some of the visions I've had have been really dark and and hard and very scary. And, um, you know, to also see like our lineages of how these traumas get passed down. Like even my father, you know, the only thing I knew growing up is that he was raised Jewish and then swore it off. And then, you know, he never went to any during high holidays. He would take the day off, but he wouldn't go to temple. He would go sailing you know, so when I was older, I remember asking him like, well, wait a second, if you were raised Jewish, like, why don't you actually practice this? And he said it was because he was like beaten in Hebrew school. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like one thing after another. 
Um, and I never really understood like, you know, cause it's like, then I have a cousin who's like a devout or Orthodox Jew, you know, and he's a first cousin. So it's been really weird. And, um, I want to talk to you about this, like about how you found, like when you were starting to do the mushrooms and work with ayahuasca, you know, did you have any experiences that were directly like kind of diving back into your childhood or like the religion itself or like, did you get these visions like I've had where I was like, you know, like, uh, like, and, and really hard to process too, by the way. Yeah, they are really hard process. And, you know, the medicine works in such magical ways. They show us what we need to see, not necessarily maybe what we want. And, going into these experiences, it's, you're, you know, we go to medicine because we don't feel good. We go to medicine because there's something going on and we're not really sure why. And especially with people with religious trauma, it's like, okay, we know that this could come up and we're not sure how it's going to look and it's going to look different for every single person. But I definitely know that when I went in, it wasn't, it wasn't my intention to like, heal any of this religious trauma just like came through. And yeah, it's scary. It was really scary at first. And I didn't know what to do. And I was like, I was afraid to go to hell, even though Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in hell actually. But I know it's, it, wow. it's a strange one. It's one of the only religions that doesn't, but maybe like Buddhism, I don't know in the other ones, but it was, I was like questioning all religions. Like I kept like, I was, after I left Jehovah's Witnesses, I was looking at all these different religions and like studying all of them. And I was like, okay, maybe hell is real. Maybe this. And in my, in one of my sessions with ayahuasca, yeah, I went to hell and I was like, so afraid to go. And I like asked for help and like, you know, the people came and I was like, I don't want to go to hell. And they're like, you don't have to, if you don't want to. And I was like, but I'm there. Um, but you know, as long as, as soon as I surrendered and I knew that I was safe, somebody was holding my hand and I was like, okay, I know that I'm like really on this plane. And then I like let go and I died and I was like, but it was like a beautiful death. It was like instantly just like, oh, oh, that fear is gone now. And then like, I was like reborn into this, like love, compassion, beauty, like when we go to that depth, when we go to that darkness, there's there most of the time, there's always the light at the other end. Like there's always the lesson there of like, what was, where is that golden nugget? Like, how did you overcome this? Whatever it is, like for me, it was death, right? Like I had going into hell when I go into that, when I came out of it, it was just beauty. And I saw the world in a completely different way and, and compassion for myself and love for myself. And all the things that, you know, I was thought that I had done wrong in my life was like, no, like love these pieces about yourself, love these judgments for yourself, love these, these ways that you speak to others. And also here's another way that you can like speak to others too. Right. So it was like teaching me how to like, just be a human. Ah, uh, I'm so glad you brought that up because this is, and also, you know, I just want to point out, this is why I personally don't believe anybody needs to be working with psychedelics without support or integration help because, you know, going into the regions of hell and seeing your own death with, which I actually just wrote about myself where I like first time ever witnessed my death and it was very, very, very unpleasant. Um, and thank thank God I have support enough to process through it. But 
you know, this is where we're able to actually bring in that compassion, like you mentioned, and get the gifts out of it and actually heal these traumas, you know, especially when they're so deeply ingrained, you know, religion is not, you know, yes, not to discount any traumas, but religion is connected to our, our, you know, it's like God. And of course, there's so many people that are walking around out there um, feeling confused and feeling lost. And, you know, like I was the same way. I was like scared into hell. And, you know, like I couldn't like little things, you know, making love to someone I'm in a deep committed relationship with thinking, oh, my God, I might go to hell, you know, because that's what I was taught for so long. Um, And that's kind of scary to think that there's people out there that are living in that place of like just constant suffering. And I think so many people are looking for healing, you know, and and support through these medicines. And, um, you know, let's let's get into a little bit about the integration, um, because I do – you know, I, I personally have witnessed people going through a lot of this in ceremonies, you know, talking about it in integration circles about how their upbringing and how, um, you know, it's like generations of beliefs and shame and guilt and um, fear. And then it gets to this point, you know, later in life, it's it's not just, you know, it's not just the trauma. It's quite literally like, who am I? You know, it's like rediscovering yourself. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, the the kind of integration you do, how you help clients, you know, now somatic experiencing. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, like I think you have a program. Yeah. Like, how is it that you help people? Oh, I love this question. You know, when I work with somebody, it's we we work together for six months. My program is a six month long um process. And really it's more about preparation, like people come to me they're like, oh, I want to do psychedelics and I want to heal all of this stuff. And it's like more like, let's slow down for a moment and like, let's really dive in and see what's here. And like, how can we just kind of look at what you've already worked through? Because by the time you've come to this point, you've already worked through so much. And so like, let's just like honor what's there and then see what maybe possibly can come through. So it's a month-long preparation process before any medicine is taken. And then throughout the, the six months, it's it's really about coming home to yourself and understanding who you are and uh, releasing shame, releasing guilt, releasing um, like magical thinking, like this magical thinking of uh, you didn't get, you know, uh, what's up? an example of magical thinking, um, I'm going to pray for you to come back to Jesus, or I'm going to, you got in this car accident because you didn't pray because of this, or, um, oh, you had uh, a miscarriage because you weren't a good wife or however it is. And like these, these Mm. things, these shame and these guilts that come up for us. And, and, you know, the medicine has such beautiful way of like showing us certain things and certain ways. And what I found is like, yes, healing can happen in psychedelic space. Absolutely. And it does, but then also like it, it shows us things that we want to like now take to a somatic experiencing practitioner or, um, a therapist or somebody who is a psychedelic integration specialist or a coach or a, a breathwork facilitator, just somebody who can help you mirror and see what's really going on. Because what we see in psychedelic space is, is our psyche is trying to 
show us something and they don't in our they don't have the language like we do right and so the psyche is almost like dream state so the image that we see isn't always literal and we have to kind of dissect it and understand it and like maybe find out what the underlining um the underlining uh, golden nugget is there and um i don't know about you but sometimes i've gone into psychedelic space like re-traumatized like sometimes i come out and i'm like something came up and I didn't want to see it. And I was really afraid of it. And I just wasn't ready to go there. So then I'll go to my, the, you know, my somatic experiencing practitioner and, and we go there and it's, and it's like more, it's gentler, right. To like sit with somebody to kind of maybe like revisit that space that was so scary in psychedelic space but now we're in ordinary state of consciousness and we can like explore it more and play with it more. And like, where is it coming up for you? And, and what images did we see? And, and how did, how did this make you feel? And really like coming to this like whole body awareness, um, it isn't just talking it out. It's like feeling it, understanding it because a lot of this trauma is pre-verbal. Like we're, we don't have to understand it cognitively. Our body remembers and our body understands. So what was shown made no sense whatsoever, but when we can come into this in practice of integration and really being held by somebody who's been there, who knows about it, who's, who understands these spaces, understands trauma and like can really support you through these big, challenging, big, challenging experiences. Yeah. Cause it can be a lot. Wow. You said so many golden nuggets because um, first of all, yes, it's a lot of this is pre-verbal. It's in our body. It's in our energy system. It's in our cells. And um, you said another thing that, you know, I, I keep saying is psychedelics and plant medicine keeps growing. There's this, you know, perception that it's going to be this joyful ceremony or therapy session, and then you're going to be healed and feel great. And a lot of the times, and I would say, um, I, me personally, and what I've seen around like my communities and even clients of mine, very often it's the opposite. It's exactly what you mentioned where it, okay, now it's bringing up something you didn't think you were ready to deal with, or you didn't want to deal with, or you forgot about, and now it's surfacing and, you know, you can't really run from it or you could, but it's not going to help anybody, especially not you. And that's why it's so important to have someone to work with the integration to explore it and get curious in a safe space that's not as harsh and intense and um, also, you know, disorienting in the psychedelic space. I went through this myself recently and it's so funny because it's like, oh, I've gone through everything and then, you know, and then I have like two dark ceremonies in a row and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I need help. Like, you know, it's, it's a lot and it's, but then thankfully it's now I've been doing so much integration for so long that I'm able to go into these really challenging places and know, okay, I have support. This is coming up. Now I can dive into this. I have something to work with my, you know, my integration coach. Um, and then also to like know the, the somatic piece of it and understand like, okay, there's something deeper here. It's like the deeper layers. And this is why I'm so glad that you're helping people with this because um, I think it's an area that is going to grow more and more, meaning, you know, there's a lot of religious trauma around the world. Um, you know, I've had friends that have come over from other countries 
who were really raised Muslim who came into psychedelics. And, you know, that's been a journey um, because I've been with them through this, you know, and I've heard all the details. And that's just one example of many. Um, but I want to talk about this because I, you know, if I had known your entire story on day one of my program, I would have just been like, oh my God, Aaron, that's your niche. But that's not my job. My job is not to tell anyone what to do with their business. My job is to help you really get that clarity and dive deep into your your soul and have this embodied business. You know, that's what it's about. Um, and this is to me like what's going to light you up and where the gold is. But when you came to my program, you know, I want to ask you to talk about this. When you came to the mastermind, you had done, you know, some trainings and started and, you know, I think you already had like some business and you already had a following. Um, and then through this entire journey, you know, I, I would love to hear like what has shifted and what's happened? Like what was your experience inside of uh, the mastermind program, you know, from start to finish? I came to your program, right, to um, dive in a little bit deeper. I had done these other programs and they were so fruitful and so amazing. I learned so much. And then there was like little bits of like, and here's the business world of coaching, which was like, you know, a few modules or however. And, and there was helpful to understand like the basics of business, like kind of understand the concept. And I, um, what I really liked, uh, but I was like, still so confused. I was like, oh, I like, hey, and then do, they would say, um, do a workshop. Well, I've never done a workshop before. I don't know. I don't know how to do a workshop. What does that even mean? And I was finding like people would come, would find me, right? I have a I have a pretty good following on TikTok and Instagram and people would come and want to work with me. And I ended up just coaching them, which is fine. I love coaching people, but I wasn't like getting any clients very much in that way. And um it was like all very confusing. So when I when I found you, I somehow like landed in your email list and I was like, who is this lady? Like, wow, she is so knowledgeable. And I hadn't even looked up your Instagram yet. Like I was just in your email, saw your podcast and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I think I'm going to work with her. And what I really liked working with you is that, um, you, you give us information and you, you teach it to us like in the depths of it. Like, why is it important to have a, a like, um, a webinar. Uh, what do you do in the webinar? How do you set it up? How do you even find the people? How do you get people in there? What is the wording and, and the sales? Like it isn't just coaching people during this, you know, a, a discovery call. It's like, Hey, how, how do I get them to like, want to work with me and, and how do I want to work with them. And I think that we work really well together and I can see they're my, they're my divine clients. And I can see that I can help them so much, but there was some disconnect and I just like, couldn't figure it out. Um, so, you know, thanks to you, Beth, I have clients now and it's been really fruitful. I've been doing this full time now for two years, you know, on, yeah, two years full time, but before that part time. Um, and so what I also really like is that it, you, it was also like spiritual, right? It was like coming into our heart, coming into like our soul, like coming into our bodies of like, why are we here? Like, what is our soul calling? Like, what are, what is our divine um, purpose here on this earth? And then also I'm going to give you all the tools in order to like accomplish this. And halfway through, I think like more than halfway through all of a sudden, just like, Oh, 
wait, I'm supposed to do religious trauma. Like this is what I, this is why I'm here. And as soon as I had this like realization, it just like felt right in my bones, like in my skin, like I, I, this is what I've been called to do. And this is why I'm here. And it's, it comes down to like, this is why I'm like, came onto this planet was to help people and others. And the path that I've gone through is the, is my medicine and how I can help. So yeah, I've just had such an amazing experience in your mastermind. And it was a great information, a lot of information, but it also wasn't like bombarded into me either. Right. So like I, you'd give us some information and then there was like time to actually do it. So I really enjoyed being in your mastermind for that aspect of it too. And there's just like, of course, so many other gems and, um, beautiful things, but I finally like found, I hate saying the word niche. I don't know. It just sounds so like, so strange to be like, I found my niche. And like, well, I found me is what I found. And I found, um, how I, how I can actually show up with true reverence and with true integrity with the people that I support. This is what it's about. Yeah. It's cause you know, I'm, this is why I talk about like, it's, it's soul, it's embodied. I mean, because I really believe we don't go through journeys, like all that trauma and abuse and marriages and like your story is, intense. I mean, it's not the typical story. I mean, and yes, everybody has a certain level of trauma, but there are a lot of people who feel very alone out there. And so it's like, I do believe we we go through these major dark nights of the soul or minor ones to to bring us to this place of, okay, I learned something. I got myself through. I've healed. You know, we're always still healing. We're always still learning. But now I can help other people who are maybe you know, um, just moving into their sister's garage who left their abusive husband, you know, and we all know this is prevalent. You know, this is not just, you know, one person, this is many, and there's many people suffering silently, you know, and that's where this, this is really important. And I remember, you know, when you kind of came out and it was, I think it was right around the same time of the year when like, it's, it's this weird time of the year in the program. It's usually like around the six month mark ish, like give or take, where I think a lot of people like start to have that, like that, I don't know what it is. It's like an energetics of like really knowing like what you really want, what lights you up, who you really are. It's like, we're pulling away the layers. And it's like, when there's that feeling of like, well, wait a second, like, I went through all of this. This was my story. And like, what if I helped other people on this path? You know, it's kind of like when I came into the, I was already business coaching and came into the psychedelic piece and I was like deathly afraid of it. And then I was like, well, there must be like three other people like me, you know? I mean, I really thought like, oh, there's got to be like a handful. And that's all you need is a handful. And then you realize like we're humans and there's archetypal scenarios and situations. So I was like so excited when you came through and told your story. And it's like you seem to have shifted since then. A lot of things have opened up. You know, you've gotten clients. You've been doing, um, I think, partnering with this ketamine retreat. You're about to, you know, enter into my friend's program. Um, But yeah, let's talk about like what has opened up since that place of really like 
figuring out like, well, wait a second, this was my story. And what if I helped other people like me? You know, like, have you noticed a shift within yourself or other things moving in your life? Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to touch back on that, on one thing that you said about, um, you know, when you show up into the universe and like you're serious about being of service, the universe provides. So I have to first say is like 90% of my clients before this all had religious trauma. I just was like, um, afraid to like talk about it publicly. Right. Because I wasn't sure if I wanted to support people with religious trauma because of my own and having that transference in the space. But the universe, of course, was like, um, no, silly. We're giving you all the people with religious trauma. Like, why are you not seeing it? So it was just like a realization of like, oh, the universe has been providing and giving and showing me this whole time. And it just needed a like a switch and a realization like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I am, I have been working with these, this group in, um, California, we're doing ketamine circles and also supporting, um, and coming into just showing up more, showing up online more and showing up in, um, the Facebook groups, like ex religious trauma, Facebook groups, ex Joe's witness groups, and really like supporting them. And as I support them, I'm finding just more and more people are seeking this kind of help and just being of support. So this next year, um, yes, I am going to Costa Rica. I'm going to be doing this week long retreat on really empowering my voice and using my voice to speak more, um, so that I can show up in more leadership and I'm sure more darkness will come up and come through and it's going to be beautiful and magical and amazing. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and really just, yeah, this next year is concentrating more on um, doing more webinars and showing up in the space and helping those who are really wanting to do this, this deep work of deconstructing re your religion with, with psychedelics and, um, you know, my clients live all over the country and even the world. I have clients in Germany, um, London, New York, Canada, really all over the place. I have clients that will work with me. So there is no, you know, oh, just because you don't live in Arizona doesn't mean that you can't work with me. Um, I work with everyone in all over the place. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. And I, I had this vision too. I'm like, wow, you could do like retreats or circles around this. I mean, because I think it's one of those things too, um, like you said, the universe provides it for you. That's kind of what started happening to me where I would work with, I had a couple clients that were on the medicine path and I'm like, wow, I really like these clients the best. You know, meaning like we can just be our true selves. We don't have to hide that story of ours. We can, um, you know, like they can trust that I understand them. And I, I do believe, you know, people are looking for people like you, um, and, and also communities, you know, like there's Facebook groups about this, which I find so fascinating. But, you know, and I think more and more people are turning to, you know, the medicine work, the somatic work to finally heal this because it's like these these programmings, you know, you've you've said it. It's like it's deconstructing. It, it can really like take such a toll on our lives. And I say this because it was – you know, taking a toll on my life up until about like 10 years ago or even eight years ago, um, you know, or even recently, like the last major 
religious trauma that came up in a ceremony was on a dieta. And my God, it was so hard. Like it was, I actually declared I wasn't going to drink any more medicine. I was like, this is just too much. Like, but it was deep. And thank God I had someone to talk to, you know, I had other people and, and, you know, support from a integration specialist. Um, but you know, I want to, I want to ask you about, um, so your business has grown, you're coming into your true voice. I keep feeling like, wow, Aaron's going to really be like such a leader in the space, especially after you do my friend's retreat. But I'm curious, you know, what else have you noticed? I always like to know, like, have you noticed anything else in your life that's not related to business that has shifted since being in the program and the mastermind? Just because, um, you know, I've had people have like very strange things where like their husband just started making more money out of the blue or they manifested, you know, a home with something, something or like a speaking opportunity landed on their lap. Like, have you had any of those kind of, you know, shifts that feel like, wow, it must be because, you know, me, like my alignment? Yeah, it, I think it happens every day. It's like constantly <laughs> happening. <laughs> like, you know, you, for instance, abundance, right? So like, I just randomly get checks in the mail all the time. It's like the weirdest thing. And I know that like sounds so woo woo or strange or whatever, but it is so real. And it's so magical. Every time that I just look at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I like, am so, so grateful. Um, we just moved to Scottsdale and Scottsdale, Arizona. And it's, I was like, oh, I don't know anybody there. How am I going to find friends? I'm not really sure. And like immediately, like all the medicine family is just like, hi, here we are. We're right here. And I'm like, oh, yay. And so just like, you know, finding the medicine community and family here in Arizona. And yeah, my husband, of course, he, he, he owns his company too. And so he's just like taking off and his business, of course, is always like growing. And, and our relationship is, is getting, we just like fall more and more in love with each other. It's like the most beautiful thing. We've been together for eight years and we just like continue like falling deeper and deeper. I'm like, how is this? You know, I always hear people like, Oh, my husband or my wife or whatever, you know, all these things. And I'm like, I just, I just love him. And we just like keep getting deeper and deeper in love each year. And it's, it's just beautiful and um, grateful to be back in like Arizona. This is where I was raised. This is where I was born. I'm my family is from the Sonoran desert. And so it's kind of nice to just be back in this, in the roots um, after being in San Diego for 10 years. I mean, I love San Diego. I, um, but it's nice to be back home. I love these stories. I love it. Oh my God. It's so beautiful. The medicine community, magnetic. Um, you know, the question I have for that I've been asking a lot of people on this podcast and my summits over the years is about this world of psychedelics. Um, you know, especially from the perspective that you're in, you know, like you came into them in a very amazing, unusual, you know, kind of random way. And that's kind of what happened to me too. It was like, hmm. I didn't even know what I was getting into. You know, I was just like, okay, whatever, we'll see. Um, and then life changing. But what do you think is, you know, where this is all going in the future? You know, especially when it comes to what you're seeing out there with, you know, in these groups that you're in and people, um, you know, maybe now connecting more and telling their stories of religious trauma when maybe one generation ago or even two, you know, like my parents would never talk about this stuff. You know, they would never even 
um, try to heal it. They would just, um, you know, kind of like my dad, it was just like, like shut down, be angry, don't talk about it, you know, um, which was kind of how I was raised by, you know, like when it came to the religion, it's like, we just don't talk about it. Um, and then it was, you know, it's like, well, let's just hate God and call it all BS. And I'm going to be an atheist because I'm just so traumatized. But what do you, what do you think this is like with the world of psychedelics and like the somatic experiencing work and the integration in this religious trauma space, like what do you think might happen in the future? I think there's just like a huge shift happening all over. I think we're all just like waking, waking up to it, to like all the, this like lies and our generation is just like, fuck this. Like, I'm so done. Like, why are we hiding? Let's all talk about it. And like, heal from it. I mean, look at what's happening in the Middle East. Like the women are just like, oh, like done. So done. And like, we're just like, yes, over it. Um, I think it's beautiful. And I think it's amazing. And I, I hope you know that religion just keeps shrinking and shrinking and shrinking, um, least organized religion. Right. And this idea of like this man in the sky, but yeah, I want to just see it us come together in like a unity and unite of like, just understanding everyone's experience is more, you know, different and more challenging. And what I really like is that people are talking about it more, like the specifics about it. You know, when I left Jehovah's Witnesses forever ago, I I, I was like excited to see a YouTube about it. And now there's people who are writing memoirs and books and like really being of service and showing up. And I'm even like thinking about the idea of starting my own Facebook group with psychedelics and and religious trauma and really holding that space because when we can all come together and talk about these experiences of, Hey, what came up for you? And it's just so powerful to be held in a community who are understanding what you're going through and, and like, Hey, I took these, you know, my friend gave me mushrooms and I was at this festival and I did MDMA and all of a sudden you know, I had this religious experience and like, now who am I going to talk to about it? You know, where am I going to go? And I just think that, you know, now that I'm talking about it, maybe I will start this Facebook group. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would just like to see us coming together and accepting it. Um, and what I, what I am not really liking is, you know, I used to work for this one psychedelic company, I will not mention names, but you know, we weren't allowed to talk about spirituality when we're holding these spaces with these people. It was, it was science only. Like we could only talk about like, um, science driven and results driven and yada, yada. I know, I know I feel the same way. And so it's just like, how can I not talk about spirituality in these like very spiritual experiences? And it, it really like break my heart, broke my heart. I didn't work for them for very long. It was just, I was not in integrity with you know, the way that they were approaching these like deep, deep, um, experiences. So I left, but it was just like disheartening to see that the Western medicine is like taking it as if it's just like another drug to give. It's just another thing to give. And, you know, I was like, um, saw this woman who's like, Hey, I'm, I'm a therapist and I'm going to start giving medicine. And she's like, I just had my first psychedelic experience last week and I'm taking this online course. And I was like, I mean, 
I'm not going to discredit that you're probably an amazing therapist. She probably is. And, but I would like to see more people in this space who have experience, who understand these experiences, who can, who can like deconstruct even an image that comes up because, you know, sometimes we can take it literal and it's not really literal. It's like, you know, young type style. We have to like look at the underlining story that wants to be told or wants to be said. So I'm hoping that people will start to accept that it is a spiritual experience that we can talk about these things and calling in um, guides and support inside psychedelic space, because it just would break my heart every time that these people would take medicine. And I was like, okay, I would still break the rules and talk about spirituality, of course. (laughs) Good. I'm like, that's crazy. But it's not the first time I've heard these kind of stories where it's like, well, I don't know. You can't avoid it. You can't avoid talking about that for too long because people are going to have these experiences and they're going to need someone to talk about, you know, talk to about it. And thankfully, they have you now. Um, Aaron, you know, we got to wrap up. So I want to leave a chance for you to talk about, um, you know, where people can find you, what you have coming up. I know. I think you're doing, you know, I don't know if this is going to be a regular thing, this ketamine circle, or if it's just a one-time thing, but I actually think that could be super cool. Yeah. I'm co-hosting a ketamine circle in San Diego and in LA, Beverly Hills. We're doing it at the end of this month. So um, they think the 28th and the 30th, I don't have a calendar in front of me. Um, And then you can go onto my website. It's just my name, erindumare.com. And there I have a free gift. You can sign up if you're wanting to learn how to deconstruct your religious trauma and you don't know where to start. This is a really great resource and just learning how to like the first steps of learning. You don't have to take psychedelics if psychedelics isn't your thing. Um, It's just nice to have like that resource. And then you can also find me on TikTok or Instagram. Again, just my name, Erin Dumer. Thank you so much. I actually need to download your free gift myself um, because it's, it's been a journey. Let's just say that. And it never, you know, it's like there's always more layers. It never seems to end. And, you know, thankfully the integration help, the understanding, you know, I cannot emphasize this enough to the listeners. Um, you know, this has come up in my own Facebook group about religious trauma and it's amazing how many people answer and, you know, like in the other groups too. So I'm so glad you have found this because, you know, especially as more and more people step onto this path, it's going to be coming up. So please get support. Aaron, oh, so good to have you here. And I'm so honored to have witnessed your growth inside of the mastermind. It has been just so beautiful. It's like the money is nice. The clients is nice, blah, blah, blah. But really what gets me like my soul makes me feel alive as watching someone really like liberate and come into their truth. You know, like you said, like, find yourself, be able to share it, you know, unapologetically, share your voice even more. And that's it. That's where it's at. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Beth, for having me. It was my so much fun. And everybody will have another episode next Tuesday. Reach out to Erin if you want to join in her circle or get some support from her. And we'll see you soon. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're feeling inspired, I'd appreciate it if you showed your love with a review. 
And check out my YouTube channel where you can find the video version of this podcast. You can also head to BethAWeinstein.com to learn more about me and grab my free business growth trainings. Remember, you carry your own unique medicine and your medicine is what we need for these times.